0: Well, good afternoon everyone. I'm joined by the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, Mike Ellis, as well as Christy Tucker, the Information Unit Manager from Alberta Wildlife, who will be available to answer technical questions. Also, Stephen Lacroix from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency is also on the phone line to answer technical questions. I'm here to provide an update on the wildfire situation and the government's response to the ongoing emergency. Much of Alberta has been experiencing a hot, dry spring, and with so much kindling, all it takes is a few sparks to ignite some truly frightening wildfires. These conditions have resulted in the unprecedented situation our province is facing today. Our firefighters and first responders are doing an incredible job and we are grateful to them and to municipal governments for their leadership in this very challenging situation. As the wildfire situation continues to unfold, the government is prepared to use our emergency powers as needed to make the right calls. I want Albertans to be assured that there is a stable government that is here to support them throughout this unprecedented crisis. That's why I have convened the Emergency Management Cabinet Committee. We met yesterday afternoon and again this morning and we'll keep monitoring the situation, ready to make decisions to help anyone in harm's way. Our top priority is and always will be public safety and we're being briefed regularly by the experts who are handling the response. We're also ensuring that the leader of the official opposition receives information as this situation continues to unfold. Alberta's government will keep Albertans and the media informed as the situation changes through daily briefings from department officials, as well as a daily situation report issued through a news release. We will remain ready to act whenever and wherever assistance is needed. So now a situation update. Officials will be providing a more detailed breakdown of the wildfire situation later today. Uh, The plan right now is at 5 o'clock p.m., but I wanted to touch on a few points. Yesterday, officials stated that there will be a fire ban and an off-highway vehicle restriction across the Forest Protection Area of Alberta today. Many municipalities and parks have also introduced bans to reduce human-caused wildfires. These decisions are made due to the extremely warm weather and strong winds the province is facing, particularly in northern Alberta. These conditions mean that it's very easy for a wildfire to both start and spread quickly. In terms of statistics, here's the information that is available as of 9.30 a.m. this morning. There are currently 103 active wildfires in Alberta, burning 121,909 hectares. Since 11 a.m. yesterday, there have been 45 new wildfire starts. There are 14 states of local emergency, and two band council resolutions have been declared by local governments and Indigenous leadership. And in total, we have seen 24,511 Albertans evacuated from their homes to ensure their safety. The communities currently under an evacuation order are Brazo County, including Drayton Valley, Yellowhead County, including Wildwood Lobstick, Hastonville, and the area surrounding Chip Lake. Big Lakes County, including East Prairie Métis Settlement, Fox Lake and the Immediate Area, uh, Lac-Saint-Anne, Cold Lake First Nation, County of Grand Prairie, and Athabasca County. Uh, there's, uh, I should also mention Edson as well, and parts of Ocheese there's also roughly 5,200 additional Albertans that are under an evacuation alert. The affected communities are Parkland County, Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo, including Anzac and Gregoire Lake Estate, Saddle Hills County, Greenview Municipal District, as well as Fox Creek. And keep in mind this is subject to revision uh, revision because this is a rapidly evolving situation and we will be monitoring it closely the Emergency Management Cabinet Committee will be meeting regularly, including later this afternoon at 3 o'clock p.m. I have asked the Deputy Ministers to put together and to make recommendations on all possible options, including declaring a provincial state of emergency. I know that all of this is difficult for Albertans, especially those who have been directly affected by these wildfires. I want to ensure that everyone, I want to assure everyone, that our province has the right tools, the right technology, and the right resources in place to tackle this challenge. And people will get the supports that they need. We have seen our firefighters and first responders bravely step up as they always do. Municipal leadership in all affected communities and their neighboring towns and cities have also stepped up and Albertans are lending a helping hand to their neighbors because that's what we do as Albertans. We are strong and resilient and we look out for one another. We will tackle this challenge head-on, and we will recover and rebuild together. Now, before I invite Minister Mike Ellis up to the podium, I want to give contact information for any Albertan who has been impacted by the wildfire. The Wildfire Resource Line, And I'll state this a couple of times, just so you can jot it down, 310-4455, that's 310-4455. That'll be a common call centre where you'll be able to get any updates that you need on evacuation services. People can also visit alberta.ca, we're making it very easy, where the information on the wildfires is readily available through a banner, so again, that's alberta.ca. And in addition to that, if you want to follow the immediate updates that happen, on Twitter there's two handles that you can follow at Alberta Wildfire and at AB underscore emerge alert so I will take questions shortly but first I'll turn it over to Minister Ellis.
1: Thank you Premier. So I want to start off by saying thank you Uh, thank you of course to all of our first responders especially our firefighters Uh, who are working diligently to keep Albertans safe during this uh, very challenging time. They're working around the clock to protect our communities across this province and we thank them, of course, for their service. I also want to thank everyone who has stepped forward to volunteer or offer support uh, to their fellow Albertans. It truly goes to show the Alberta spirit. In times of need we rally together and we take care of each other. And with that uh, Alberta spirit we will get through this and we're going to get through this together. To echo Premier Smith's uh, comments our top priority is public safety and the Alberta Emergency Management Agency is coordinating with all impacted communities to provide support and guidance. While the current situation is rapidly evolving I have great faith that uh, we are prepared to manage uh, what comes our way. Our ask at this time is, is very simple. We ask that all Albertans listen to local officials regarding any evacuation orders that you may receive follow the Alberta Emergency Alert app and website and your local municipality for evacuation information and available services. I would also uh, ask that all Albertans whether you're close to an area that is currently impacted or not to please take steps to prepare yourself in the event that you have to leave your home due to an emergency response. You can never be too prepared. Things like 72 hours worth of food, and water, critical documents, first aid kit, medication. These are important things to have ready in advance. And before I wrap up, I want to remind those who have been impacted by the wildfires that there are supports in place to assist you. You can visit alberta.ca slash emergency to access information for evacuees and learn about resources that are available for you. We have the services and protocols in place and with your preparation and cooperation, folks, we're gonna get through this and we're gonna get through this together. So I want you to stay safe out there. This is a very serious situation. And while the Premier and I are here to support and provide as much information as we can, I ask that all technical questions are directed, of course, to our officials, Stephen Lacroix from Alberta Emergency Management Agency and Christy Tucker uh, from Alberta Wildfire. And with that, uh, we'll conclude my remarks. And we will take questions at this time.
2: Perfect. We're going to go. We have uh, quite a few callers on the line. We will take questions from the floor first. One question, one follow up. The premier minister will only be taking questions on the wildfire, so please keep it to that topic. Uh, We also have Stephen LaCroix and Christy Tucker to answer technical questions. So there's a microphone, just so people on the line can hear. Uh, Please state your name and outlet. And uh, one question, one follow up. Thanks, Alex Dollywall, Rebel News. Uh, My question is for the minister and for the premier. Um, so Parks Canada had a prescribed burn scheduled for Wednesday between Compound Road, the Trans Canada Highway, and Banff Avenue. They claim this exercise would decrease the fire wildfire risk to the town of Banff and is being used as training ground for fire crews. Does the Alberta government believe this was an appropriate exercise for Park Canada at this juncture, given the unexpected wind gusts caused the fire to escape the predetermined boundary and given the thousands of Albertans under evacuation orders.
3: I'll uh, ask
0: Christy to respond to that.
3: Sure. Uh, I can't comment on the appropriateness but I can tell you about prescribed burns. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is important uh, work for us in the springtime. As you know this is a highly volatile time for wildfire in the province. Uh, Prescribed burns are traditionally uh, held at an earlier time in the spring where uh, we can remove some of those fuels. That are built up and could be used to draw wildfire towards town. It's very common practice that we do hazard reduction burns and prescribed burns on a larger scale at this time of year in order to reduce the threat of wildfire to communities. Okay,
1: thank you. I, I just want to say this as well. Our focus right now is in regards to public safety. Our focus right now is about protecting human life, property, and of course, making sure that all Albertans who have been displaced know where to get the proper resources that we have made available to them.
0: And I'll just add that uh, the federal government is on standby offering help. Minister Ellis has already spoken with his counterpart, Bill Blair, and we, uh, we will absolutely use their resources um, if our officials have uh, asked us to do so. So we want to maintain open lines of communication and uh, make sure that we're getting the resources where they're needed. Yeah, that's my only question. Thing. Thank you.
2: Hey, uh, Tim Brooks, CTV. Uh, you mentioned the federal government offering mm-hmm. some support. So, what specifically are we waiting for here before we call that state of emergency? Is there something we need to see? Uh, something, uh, I guess, that jumps out at you that that would really
3: make this state of emergency be called?
0: Well, up? there is a process to go through, and I I um, impressed upon my officials this morning that in the times that I've been watching uh, emergency, I I don't know that I ever recall seeing multiple communities evacuated all at once in fire season. A community of Drayton Valley is 7,200 people, Edson's 8,000, we've got multiple First Nations, as well as uh, at at Fox Lake, 3,000 people up there, Uh, 24,511 in total across multiple jurisdictions. We've got uh, towns and cities, as well as MDs and counties. So, um, I've asked them to put together a, a suite of uh, potential options, including looking at uh, declaring a provincial state of emergency. We'll be making that decision today at 3 p.m. There is just a process you have to go through. We had to, since um, government had, had been uh, wound down because we're in an election. Uh, there was a process we had to go through to establish the emergency committee and now an additional process we have to go through to get to that decision-making point, but we'll make a decision today at 3.
2: And there's follow-up today? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't know who can answer this question, but there have been a couple hospitals that have been evacuated.
0: I'm just wondering what's happening to those patients. Where the, Where do they go? I think that's a question for Stephen. Stephen, are you on? Thanks, on? Premier.
4: Yeah, actually, uh, obviously, falls under the auspices of uh, AHS. But... Uh, Uh, I am aware of those evacuations happening in hospitals. Uh, Actually, it's it's being done in a very deliberate way. Uh, They are staging those evacuations uh, going from uh, the people most at risk uh, to the people least at risk, I guess, uh, and and everything in between. Uh, If I can use uh, Drayton Valley as an example, uh, we are aware that uh, those patients were being staged out towards uh, a combination of Edmonton and Rocky Mountain House. Very deliberate process. Obviously sits with uh, uh, another ministry overseeing HF of action, but it's being done professionally. It's being done on time. And it's being done, as uh, Minister and Premier said, uh, with public safety and human life uh, in mind. Thank you.
0: Thanks.
2: Thank you. I believe we have one more on the floor here.
0: Hi, uh, Carolyn Curry de Castillo with Global News. Um, I was speaking to a rancher just north of uh, Chip Lake that's in the line of the fire right now. And while she understands, you know, there's 100 other fires burning throughout the province, she's been really disappointed with the the action that's been taken. She says she only saw water bombers there yesterday. She's had to rely on the goodness of other farmers and ranchers and the work they've done. Mm-hmm. And she says more could have been done proactively to prevent it from getting to the state that it was at. Do you have any comments on that? I'll get Christy to respond to that. Um,
3: We action uh, wildfires as early as we can. Initial attack is is certainly the highest priority when we're looking at new starts in order to stop fires from growing before they they get to a large state. Um, We were expecting extreme wildfire behaviour yesterday with the conditions that we were seeing and that's what we got. There were a lot of wildfires that grew significantly and that saw extreme wildfire behavior. So, um, of course, our, our hearts go out to every single person who's been affected by these wildfires and, and certainly there have been a lot of Albertans out there who can, who can, uh, can um, understand that feeling. Uh, but I can tell you that the firefighters are out there um, working around the clock and we're bringing in more resources all the time and we need to be flexible and move firefighters to where they're needed most. And um, We appreciate everyone's understanding in that we have uh, professional wildfire management staff working on this all the time. It's front of mind, believe me, Um, and we are happy that additional resources are coming in today, tomorrow, and Tuesday we'll be seeing um, almost 200 additional firefighters over the next few days, and they will be deployed around the province where they're needed. So we have to target those those priority areas and ensure that uh, we save as much uh, of the communities as we possibly can.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say this is the the reason
0: why we've activated our emergency uh, management cabinet committee so that we can play that important role of hearing directly from Albertans who are affected and helping to bridge some of the communication as well as helping to bridge some of the uh, issues between communities and help to elevate these issues. It's, uh, it's often the, the people who are in the community, the mayors and the Reeves, the political folks who are reaching out to their MLAs and so we'll, we'll make sure that we are integrated and in providing that level of support and information flow. Did you have another? Well, the Alberta Union of Public Employees is now calling for uh, cuts to be restored for firefighting operations. Is there any, uh, first of all, is there any uh, movement or idea from the province to restore those cuts? And is there any amount of resources that could possibly... Help in dealing with a situation like this? Look, what I would say is we'll we'll spend whatever it takes. We should be aware that in our budget process we put aside $1.5 billion as a contingency because we know that any given year you can end up with a significant amount of, of resources that need to be spent on emergency management. And so I don't think anyone needs to worry that there will not be sufficient resources. We also have coordination through the uh, Can- Canadian Interagency Fire Group. And so they manage all of the requests coming in from every province. And that's part of the reason why we're, as Christy mentioned, that we're, we're seeing fire resources from elsewhere. The, um, I feel very confident that we're going to be able to, to meet the demand and people should not worry that there is going to be any issues. We'll, we, have the, we have the money in the contingency and we'll spend what it takes to support people and to address the fires.
1: Perfect. Uh,
2: we have
0: Did you want
1: to say? Yeah. yeah. I just want to add that you know these situations, these critical incidents, are all situation dependent, and we rely on the officials through, uh, of course, uh, Alberta uh, Wildfire as well as the Alberta Emergency uh, Management Agency to provide us uh, strategic advice. As the situation, of course, evolves, we make sure that we get the resources uh, available to them. And at this time, uh, according to Alberta Emergency Management Agency. They're, they're in a position where they're, they have the resources, as we know, as, as, the, as um, Christy just mentioned. As the situation evolves and they need more resources, they're getting more resources. And Christy, I think you mentioned that we have some coming tomorrow and some coming next week as well.
2: So we have two more from the floor that we'll take and then we'll go to the phone line. So we'll go to the mic first, then to the camera operator.
3: Uh, Marc-Antoine Leblanc, Radio Canada. My question is for Stephen Lacroix in French. Uh, quelles sont les évolutions possibles aujourd'hui concernant les feux
4: Oui, merci. Euh, bon, c'est une question qui devrait être adressée à ma collègue, mais je sais pourquoi vous me l'avez posée en, en français. Euh, la, la situation habituelle pour les feux, c'est que potentiellement, telle qui a été mentionné hier, il euh, y, y a toujours un risque que la situation se détériore en, en fin de journée à cause, de, à cause des vents élevés. Euh, cependant, la température est un peu plus, plus froide, la direction des vents semble jouer en notre faveur. Donc, si vous voulez avoir des détails euh, techniques sur Stephen,
0: can you repeat the question and answer in English, please?
4: Yes, Premier. Uh, so, uh, essentially, uh, I was being asked what was the uh, the assessment on the development of the fire situation today, which I, I said that. Uh, my colleague is in a much better position to comment on that, and, and, and if you want technical details, uh, this question should probably be posed in English, but I did offer that traditionally, uh, and, and Christy, please correct me, but uh, the, the situation uh, is, is better assessed uh, later during the day because it is traditionally when the period uh, of, uh, of increased wind. And, and fire behavior, but uh, Christy, I could defer to you as to what today looks like from your perspective.
0: Would you like to add?
3: Um, I will, yes, I'll, I'll agree with you, Stephen, that certainly our peak burning period does happen later in the day um, as it gets warmer towards evening and winds can pick up. So things can change extremely rapidly, particularly in the, in the afternoon to late evening. Um, we are seeing cooler temperatures today starting in the south of the province uh, and, but it will not it is not expected to reach up north so we're expecting in the north to see similar conditions to what we saw yesterday um, what we call crossover conditions and um, very dry hot conditions and wind which can of course lead to more extreme fire behavior so um, we're we're relieved to see some cool weather coming in because it will give us uh, flexibility when it comes to deploying uh, firefighting resources where they're most needed, um, but it does, uh, doesn't does take the pressure off the firefighters working on those uh, north central uh, and uh, central wildfires. All right.
2: And then you had a set of questions as well. Yeah,
0: uh, Helen Pike, CBC, sorry I'm a little trapped in here, That's That's okay. Okay. I'm not going to the mic. Um, just, there is a lot of criticism right now um, in the government's response. We're in, elect, in an election period, and a lot of people are pointing at um, you know those budget cuts that my colleague mentioned. What's your What's your response? Would we be in a different place right now if we had not cut those wildfire budgets? Look, the, what we have to deal with right now is a very urgent need across a number of different municipalities that are asking for us to be to coordinate with them, and I want people to be assured that the money is there to be able to help with the fire response and money is there to help with the evacuation response. I don't want anyone feeling that there is going to be any shortfall. We will absolutely do everything we need to do to make sure that people are safe and that we have sufficient resources. As Mike mentioned at the moment, our Alberta Emergency Management Agency has has said that they have sufficient resources. We are getting more resources in through that interagency partnership we have. The federal government has said that they are on standby in the event that we need additional support and help and we will, we will make sure that all, all the resources are at our disposal Do you have a follow up? Yes um, How unprecedented or uncommon is this this early in the, in the fire season to have this kind of uh, level of as you said before Premier about evacuations hectares burned has this happened before especially with an election underway Well, that does complicate it for sure. I don't know that we've ever had an election in May and that's one thing that will obviously have to be considered in future. So far this year, more than 43,000 hectares of land have burned as a result of wildfires. I'm told that this is significantly more than the recent past. Um, And then in addition to that, when I was asking our deputy ministers if they ever recall, because we've got quite a a deep well of memory within our, our deputy minister team, if they ever recall a time when we had this many communities... That were um, having to be evacuated or under evacuation order, and that that does seem unusual. I think everybody, of course, remembers the uh, the tragedy of the Fort McMurray fire and the Slave Lake fire. But having this many communities across such a broad distance needing to to have an evacuation from the 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 feedback I got this uh, this morning that that's not a, something that has occurred in recent memory. I'll I'll maybe ask. I don't know if Stephen or Christy wants to take that. Maybe I'll ask Christy.
3: Um, It is very unusual for us to see this much fire activity this early in the season. Uh, Late April, early May are traditionally high risk times for wildfire because uh, things are very dry, the snow has melted and evaporated and we haven't quite got full bloom on the trees and grasses which does help uh, slow down fire growth. So it's it's a high danger time but I do have to say this year is uh, significantly higher as far as hectares burned than we've seen in the last five years. Um, as, as the Premier mentioned, you know, it's certainly in the double, if not triple digits at this point uh, for hectares burned and looking back over the last five years at this time of year, uh, the, the highest number of hectares burned at this time was generally, didn't go beyond 800 hectares. So now we're, we're well into the thousands which indicates that this is a, a much, much uh, busier than average wildfire season so far.
2: Perfect. Thank you. We're going to go to the phone lines now. So, operator, could you please put through the first caller?
4: Thank you, Graham Thompson, the star. Uh,
5: hello. Uh, thank you. So, I know. Understand. it's just about the um, the forest fires, uh, the wildfires. But I was wondering, could this affect the logistics of the campaign? Like, would you be looking at potentially if you could pause the campaign so you could uh, focus on this? Have you talked to um, Rachel Notley about this? So, is there a way? would you want to somehow pause the campaign or delay the election date? Is that something that's on the table perhaps?
0: So I uh, I made sure that when we were elevating the emergency level that my chief of staff contacted the leader of the official opposition's chief of staff so that she could receive the same information I was receiving. So we are both uh, well apprised of what is going on. Prior to the election, I I must say, I mean... (laughs) Ms. Notley's been this, through this before. I've been through this before as well. Uh, I did make a request of Elections Alberta to give us some feedback on what they would do in the event that there was um, an event, whether it was a fire or a flood. And the, the feedback that I got would be that it would be very unusual to uh, to move Election Day. Uh, for those communities, if they remain impacted, There, I think there, they would be planning for uh, advance Polls, and so I think it, at this stage it's a bit early to, to make any additional call. But that that would be that was the initial feedback that I got from Elections Alberta is that they would proceed, make accommodations in the areas that had been affected. But I I, I will certainly reach out to the leader of the official opposition if things escalate or get worse over the coming weeks to see uh, whether she would be um, whether she would offer any additional. Um, advice on that. But at the, at the moment, I, I believe that the position of elections Alberta would be that they would continue.
2: Do you have a follow-up?
5: A follow-up. So, okay, thank you. So, right right now, things are the way they are, for the election campaign. But this is going to be an issue for you dealing with the election campaign and being premier during a crisis. So, this may change and in, in the days, weeks ahead. We may see a change to the election uh, process. So you're saying that's possible later then?
0: It seems unlikely, as what I said, because these are are localized um, matters, and the Elections Alberta informed me that they would be making local accommodations. So we will have, as we get closer to Election Day, if there is any community that remains under an evacuation, then we'll certainly um, make sure that that information gets conveyed. But the, the hope I think everyone has is that we will... Um, make sure that this uh, that we get through the um, immediate crisis that we're in and get people back into their communities. You, you may recall in previous years that issues have have ar- arisen that that ended up requiring months of intensive government time as a result of um, large portions of of cities being impacted. And so, thankfully, uh, although there have been some structures that have, have been lost in some communities. where We're not in that position. And so once we get through this initial period, uh, I think we're all very hopeful that people will be able to return safely to, to their community. So it's a bit too early, I think, for us to, to make any um, uh, any guesses about what might happen. But as of now, people should be anticipating that Election Day will go ahead as planned on May the 29th.
2: All right. Operator, could you put through the next caller, please?
4: Dave Kaiser, Global News.
5: Good afternoon. I'm not sure if uh, this question would be for uh, Stefan McQuarr or uh, Christy Tucker, but we're seeing people who are evacuated up to three times here from three different places. So mm. how do you guys make sure that these people are getting the help they need and what happens if, you know, eventually they just keep getting evacuated and then the new area they get in is evacuated and again and again and again? Do we eventually run out of places that they can reasonably go?
0: Stephen, did you want to take that?
4: Uh, hello, Premier. It's a, it's a valid concern, and it's a it's a valid question, of course. Uh, it's uh, it's only happened in, uh, in in a few instances, but uh, it, it did occur. Uh, so, as uh, as I had said before, uh, municipalities are mandated to have those evacuation plans in place before events like this happen. Uh, those plans uh, make sure that there is. Sufficient uh, accommodation made available to to people who evacuate. Uh, I would say that uh, you know history not being uh, uh, a a perfect data set for what is happening today, but traditionally uh, about twenty five percent of the people being evacuated actually show up at a uh, a reception center, uh, and, and uh, for us to maintain the data uh, to, to inform the media, but more importantly, uh, I think you would agree, to inform evacuees uh, on what they need to do, the services being made available to them uh, by, by government, and uh, the services uh, at their disposal above and beyond the immediate needs uh, in terms of, of lodging, for example. Uh, It is absolutely key that uh, those folks uh, either go register in person at uh, one of those reception centres and those have all been communicated to people being evacuated. Uh, There is also uh, a web presence that's been mentioned by Premier earlier and individuals can also register on their own. Uh, If you go to emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. That is the place where you can input your data, and this is going to enable us to uh, uh, have your contact information uh, should we have to facilitate family uh, unification, for example. Uh, It allows us and the local authorities to confirm that the community has been evacuated. Uh, It also gives us the data necessary to start planning reentry Recovery programs and associated funding related to that uh, avoids us, you know, avoids a bit of a double accounting. I would say, Um, and and the list goes on. So uh, I I I am extremely empathetic uh, for for the folks uh, mostly in Yellowhead and Parkland County who had to uh, to go to go through this twice. And not only that, but to be evacuated to a municipality that had to be evacuated after that. Again, though, my, my concern is clearly with uh, with public safety and, and protecting human lives. And uh, uh, from that uh, that lens, if you will, uh, I would declare this uh, a, a bit of a success story.
2: And safety, have a follow up.
5: I do Thanks, Colin, and thanks for answering that, uh, Mr. LaCroix. For the Premier, I'm just wondering, what exactly are you discussing in your emergency cabinet committee meetings? What steps are you taking to ensure there is money, there are resources available when needed? Have you spoken with the Prime Minister? Have you spoken with other Premiers to get even more support if this thing spirals even more out of control? What tangible steps are you actually taking here as Premier? Because just about everything you've said could have been conveyed to us by uh, Mr. LaCroix or, or, or Ms. Miss uh, Tucker there. So what role are you actually taking as premier here? Because it feels like you may just be capitalizing on the extra airtime during an election campaign.
0: Well, when uh, my chief of staff uh, it indicated to me that the level of alert was elevating, I uh, immediately asked for a briefing from the deputy ministers. And having received that briefing, I indicated to them that they had to start doing public briefings. Uh, That night, they gave a situation response, and the following day is when you received your technical briefing. Uh, Later yesterday, we made the decision to convene the Emergency uh, Management uh, Cabinet Committee because we may be in a position where... We have to uh, allocate resources, and so we needed to stand up that committee to ensure that we would be able to make those decisions in a legal way if we're allocating dollars. We have to make sure that it's done appropriately. So we had a, a briefing there, and then a, f- a second briefing this morning where we got a lot of this information. Uh, over the last you know, 24 to 36 hours, I have been making phone calls to local um, uh, MLAs and candidates on the ground who are in touch with either chiefs or Reeves or mayors and I've been asking the chiefs or Reeves or mayors what kind of support they need, what we can do. The um, chief, for instance, uh, in Fox Lake indicated Just something very simple. They've got a very dusty road and they need more calcium to be put down so that we don't end up with dust there. They also have a number of band members who are on hand to be able to do firefighting. I indicated that and and let our um, Forestry, Tourism and Parks Minister know so that he could convey that. The uh, Drayton Valley mayor needed some assistance in uh, going through the process of how to elevate to a provincial response, being that uh, she's got a brand new CAO there, so I walked her through that. And I've been continuing to have conversations with uh, Martin Long, uh, Nate Glubish, uh, Shane Getson, uh, Todd Lowen, Travis Taves, and other uh, MLAs and uh, representatives who are in touch with their local officials I have a list of uh, the MLAs that are in the communities that have been impacted. As you know, I've gotten a long list and I'll be making sure to contact each of them as well as making sure to contact each of the local mayors and Reeves and chiefs so that I can identify the issues that they are dealing with so that we can troubleshoot on an individual basis. People will have my cell phone number so that they can text me if there are any particular issues. I, I see our role as politicians. Because again, I've been this through this before. Uh, I see our role as politicians in identifying any particular gap and helping to fill the information gap or hel- helping to fill the needs gap. Uh, the other issue that was raised by by the Chief was the need, since they have lost 20 or so structures, they are going to need to have some manufactured homes available for um, for the reserve once the immediate evacuation and a firefighting need is over, and Minister Mike Ellis has already been in touch with um, Bill Blair to make that request, and uh, Bill Blair, his counterpart, said that he is on standby. Uh, awaiting uh, awaiting any response. So those are the, those are a handful of the things that I that I've been doing over the last um, 24 to 36 hours. I'm, I have a number of events that I have to attend today, but I'll be leaving for Edmonton this evening, and hope to be able to stop into the evacuation center to hear uh, firsthand from people what their needs are, as well as go to some of the communities just to to see with my own eyes what's going on and get an assessment of the need. And um, I'll just gauge it from there, but uh, it's really important. Um, I I recall this from my time in government before, or in elected office before, is that there has to be clear communication. And and that is our job, is to make sure that the communication is clear. Alberta.ca is the place to go. Make sure that the phone number is well known so that people know what the evacuation services are. Um, I can give that number again, 310-4455. The the next issues that we will... Uh, be discussing. Uh, we received an update this morning on some of the questions that have been asked here, for instance, about um, uh, we, with our seniors community and social supports, there are a lot of people who are on government programs that need additional aid. So those who have, who are on AISH, those who, uh, individuals, uh, persons with developmental disabilities, I think it was already referenced some of the issues related to evacuation of seniors and those who are in hospital. Those are the kind of things that we're, we're getting an update on, just to make sure that there aren't any issues that need to be uh, troubleshooted and we also want to make sure that we're communicating clearly with people who are in the community so there's a there's a role for everyone to play here Um, all of the uh, officials as well as uh, those of us who um, have been elected as well as the the mayors and the reeves and the and the chiefs in communicating with each other and that's what we're going to be doing over the, the next number of days as we get through this crisis
2: All right. That's all the time we had for questions. Uh, My contact information is on the media notice if there's any follow-ups, and then officials will be out at 5 p.m. providing a technical update. Thank you, everyone.